I hope that you guys had an incredible week. My name is David. I'm one of the pastors here. Uh, just so excited to share with you this morning. Uh, I don't know how your week has been, but my week has been uh, incredible. Uh, actually, it was the, the week before, but this week has, has been pretty cool too. So uh, last week, uh, I'll, I'll show you what my week's been like. If you can go ahead and hit that. So last week, uh, see that right there? Yeah, that's... I did that. I mean, I did that. That's pretty excited about that. So uh, my, my part is, is done. Um, my wife is carrying this for the next nine months. And, and for the next nine months, my job is done. And so I've taken on a full-time job as foot masseuse and pillow fluffer and ice cream fetcher and all those different things that I get to do for the next couple months. So we're really, really excited. It's our first child and um, we're, we're excited. Um, my wife and I are, are, are just so pumped and I'm so uh, grateful to my wife, who is beautiful and amazing, and baby, you're a song that makes me want to roll my windows down and cruise. Um, I don't know where that came from. I just made that up on the spot. So, so we're we're pumped. Thanks. A lot of you guys have have texted and called and and written on Facebook. And thank you guys for for being with us uh, through this and praying for us and all those great things. The journey's just beginning. That's what they tell me. Uh, so how, let me let me start this way. Uh, this morning. How many of you have ever had a really bad church experience? Anybody? Anybody have a really? Come on, we can be honest with each other. Anybody had a really bad church experience? All right, maybe maybe you're in the middle of a really bad church experience right now. Just go ahead and raise your hand. That's, maybe that's you. Maybe you're like, gosh, this place is just, I've got to get out of here. Uh, so, uh, listen, I grew up around the church, so when you grow up around the church, uh, your percentage chance uh, increases greatly to have a really, really bad church experience. And uh, one of the worst church experiences that I ever had, I was a sophomore in college, uh, and I was dating a girl uh, who was a senior in high school, who's not my, my wife, but I was dating a girl at the time uh, who was uh, a senior in high school. And uh, I was going to college uh, several hours away, uh, just a couple hours away. And what I would do is I would drive in on the weekends. And uh, my dad is a pastor at a church, and, and she and her family went to a, another smaller church in our town. And, and so what we would do is we would do this game. It's on Sunday morning, we would go to the early service at my dad's church, and then we would bolt across town to, to go to uh, her church so that we could be at church with her family. And this was just kind of our Sunday morning routine. Now, the church that she went to was a little bit different than the church that I went to. It was a very, very small, uh, very traditional, very Southern Baptist church. And um, there, she was like uh, one of the only high school uh, students that they had in the entire church. Uh, and she was also, um, she'd been there. They'd seen her grow up. I mean, she had started in the nursery and grown all the way up. And now she was a senior in high school and she was pretty and she was funny and she had a really bubbly personality and all these things. So she was the Kate Middleton of this little church. All right. Like she, she was like worshiped and adored. All right. And like, um, most of the church was mostly senior adults at this time. And they had a few, uh, younger families in the church. So, uh, you're, you're seeing this. I'm, I'm trying to paint a picture for you of what this service was like. Service was very traditional. We sang hymns from the hymn book. Men wore suits, women wore dresses, the whole nine yards. They had a pastor, uh, who was, uh, um, as is the case in, in a lot of these churches, who was, um, you guys know what I mean when I say like fire and brimstone preacher? You guys know what I'm talking about? Like, like pound the, like pound the pulpit and like call down the angels to like cast out the demons. Like it was like very much like pound the pulpit, like sinners uh, repent lest ye be damned and all the, like, I mean, this whole like big thing where he's just screaming at everybody. And it was just kind of this, like, and I would sit just week and, you know, just week by week by week and just kind of sit next to this girl who was worshiped in the church. And I would just kind of sit there one Sunday morning, uh, in particular, 
was, was, was a little bit interesting. Um, we're sitting in service and he's in the, you know, pulpit, just pounding and sweating and, and, and screaming. And, uh, finally at one point he, he says, and I won't say my girlfriend, my, the, my girlfriend at the time won't say her name in case she ever listens to this and gets embarrassed. But, uh, he says, stand up. He, has, he, he just stops in the middle of the service and he says, beautiful daughter of God, stand up. She stands up and everybody just kind of looks. So I'm sitting there next to the girl that's standing up now in front of the pastor. And he, he's preaching about Sodom and Gomorrah. Okay? So it's, it's a real feel-good message. So he's preaching about Sodom and Gomorrah. And he goes, beautiful daughter of God, there's going to be wolves, boys in your life that are going to tell you all these sorts of things to try to get you to go down the wrong path. And for the next five minutes, he starts describing these boys in her life that are going to tell her these things. Meanwhile, me, her boyfriend, is sitting right next to her with every eye in the place just going, Sinner, you. He's talking about you. That's right, wolf. So I got one of two choices here. I can either like slink down in the pulpit, you know, slink down in the pew and like army crawl out the back, you know, excuse me. Or I can just like embrace it and just stand up and be like, yeah, that's up. Oh, you know, I just like, yeah, that's me I'm right here. Wolf, you caught me. So he's just going, you know, and he's just going, going and going. And, 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 and at the end of it, like he has her sit down and people like applaud. They're like, yes, get him out of here. And I was like, I got to get out of here. It's like potluck supper. Somebody in the back's got an effigy of me. You know, they've like strung together and thinking like, it's gonna be potluck supper and tar and feathering after service. And I just remember like in that moment, just being like, I, this is the worst experience. <laughs> like in what world is this appropriate? You know, I, I don't know, man. I, I just remember, like, to this day, it's, like, scarred me. I just had this miserable church experience. And, and it really, like, I, I didn't want to ever go back. Like, I was like, I'm not going back there where everybody thinks that I should be on to catch a predator or something. You know, like, I was like, I don't want to go back. This is just a miserable church experience. And experiences like that are things that we're trying to avoid, hopefully, at Church at Cane Bay. Like, I'm not going to ask you to stand up this morning and, like, rail you. Uh, like, like, we're trying to avoid those things here. Like, we, we want to create this environment. Um, uh, we want to create this environment of welcoming. We want to create this environment where Jesus is glorified and where you feel like that you can belong. I, I don't know, maybe some of you have sat through the Discover class, but we talk about this. We have a specific vision for Sunday mornings here at Cane Bay. There, there are three things that we want to accomplish uh, at, on Sunday mornings here at the Cane Bay. I'm going to follow, if you were here last week and you, you heard Pastor Charlie, he kind of followed this um, track of what, why, and how. We talked about unified, generous leaders, and we're going to talk about that a little bit more. But one of the things that Charlie said last week was, um, the what is easy, the why is fun, and the how is a little bit more difficult. So what I want to do is is kind of show you our vision for Sunday mornings um, and what we do here at the Church at Cane Bay and how you can play a part of that on this kind of what, why, how scale. So, so let me just show you what, what is our vision for Sunday mornings uh, here at the Church at Cane Bay. There, there are three things that, that we want to do. Um, number one, we want you to have an opportunity to hear the gospel proclaimed. Okay? We want that, we, we don't, if we don't do anything else on Sunday morning, that's the most important thing at the Church at Cane Bay. We want you to know that Jesus is the living Son of God. That he was born of a virgin, that he lived a perfect life, that he was crucified on a cross to pay for my sins, that he rose three days later 
And he sits right now at the right hand of the Father. And if you trust him and place your faith in him, he will give you new life. And not just a new life for this lifetime, but he will give you eternal life. And that Jesus is the greatest thing that you could ever dedicate your life to. He's the greatest person in all of history. The greatest person of all creation. He is worthy of every bit of praise and honor and worship that you can give him with your life and that we as a society, as humanity, as human history can give to him. And he is worth all of that and infinitely more. That's the gospel. That's the good news. So we want to give you an opportunity on Sunday mornings to hear the gospel of Jesus Christ. While we send your kids to pirate ship and to battleship, in those times, they're not just playing games. Like somebody on their level is engaging them with the gospel of Jesus Christ. So the first thing we want to do, our vision for Sunday morning, is that you would hear the gospel. The second thing is really easy. We want you to come back. Like, we don't want you to walk out of here and be like, that was great, but we'll go somewhere else next week. Like, we, we honestly, genuinely desire that you would leave this place this morning and go, man, there's something different there. I feel like I belong in that place. I feel like I can plug in. I feel like I can serve and spend my life with this group of people. So we want you to hear the gospel. We want you to come back. And third, we want you to join a missional community. Those are the three things that we're trying to do on Sunday morning. We want you to hear the gospel proclaimed. We want you to come back next week. And we want you to join a missional community because we believe that we were not created to be islands. We were not created to live life alone. And through the missional community process here at the church at Cane Bay, we can plug you in with other believers who are striving towards living a life that pleases Jesus and striving to reconcile brokenness in their homes and communities. And we want you to be a part of that. So the what is pretty easy. Those are the three things that we say on Sunday morning. We're going to do everything we can on Sunday mornings to make sure the gospel is proclaimed, to make sure that you come back, and to make sure that you join a missional community. The what is easy. Now the why is actually pretty fun. You go, okay, why do you do those things? Well, we just kind of talked about that. Why do we want you to hear the gospel? Because we, as a church, believe that we have what we call a circle of accountability. We have taken on a circle of accountability, a 10-mile radius from Cane Bay Elementary School. 10 miles. We want to make sure that every man, woman, and child within our circle of accountability has the opportunity to hear the gospel. That's the why, because we want to see people's lives transformed. Not just the people that come to our church, but our neighbors and our friends and people that live right out here on 176 and up on 17A and people who are right now this morning toiling in hopelessness and darkness, not knowing where in the world they're going to go from here. We want them to know that Jesus loves them and wants to transform their life. We've taken that on. We have a circle of accountability We recognize that God's put us here and he's put us here for that reason. So that we can share the gospel with those around us. Why do we want you to come back next week? So that you can join with other folks who've had their lives transformed by Jesus. You can join with other people who've had their lives transformed with Jesus. And we can join together once a week for corporate worship. To give faithfully. To sit under biblical teaching and to serve one another. We want you to be a part of that. We believe that the scriptures teach that. We, we want that for your life. And third, why do we want you to join a missional community? We want you to join with other people in your community to be on mission for our community. 
Okay? We want you to join with other people in our community to be on mission for our community. Now, notice what I didn't say. I didn't say be on mission in our community. There's a lot of churches that get this confused and they go, hey, we're going to go do good things for our community. And the community didn't ask them to do what they're going to do. We want to join with our community and be on mission for our community. We want to be an advocate for the people in our city. We want to be an advocate for the people in our community. We want to go and we want to say, how can we serve you? How can we love you? How can we partner with you to see this community transformed and changed? So the why is fun. Like we work really hard for all those things so that we would see people transform, so that we would gather together and so that we would be on mission for our community. Now where we're going to spend the bulk of our time this morning is this next piece. The what is easy, the why is fun, the how then becomes more difficult. How are we going to accomplish these three goals on Sunday mornings? How are we going to accomplish that the gospel is proclaimed, that people want to come back the next week? And that people would join a missional community. And the how goes back to what we talked about last week. How we're going to accomplish this is becoming a church of unified, generous leaders. When we, excuse me, become a church of unified, generous leaders. Now, last week we talked about unified. Next week we're going to talk about generous This week, I want to focus on that last piece, leaders, unified, generous leaders. How do we become leaders to accomplish the goals that we feel like God has given us for our time together on Sunday morning? If you've got your Bible, turn to Luke chapter 22. If you don't have a Bible, you don't own a Bible, we would love to give you a Bible. Okay, it's not stealing if we're giving it to you. So on your way out this morning, if you'll stop by the connection table, be right out the back here. If you'll stop by the connection table and say, hey, I don't have a Bible, we would love to give you one. That's our gift to you. Now, if you just left your Bible in the car or it's on your coffee table, don't be like, hey, I don't have a Bible. And you go home and like stack up all these ones that you're taking from the connection table. All right, what we that's stealing. Uh, what we want you to do, if you don't have one, we want to give you one, okay, this morning. We want you to have access to God's Word. Luke chapter 22. If you don't have a Bible this morning, it's going to be on the screen. It's also on the insert in your um, worship guide. Just flip that over on the back side. You'll see Luke chapter 22. We're going to start in verse 24. Luke 22. We're going to read through, uh, we're going to read 24 through 27. Luke 22, 24 through 27. Um, give you a little background here. This is Jesus. He's sitting uh, the night before he is to be crucified. Um, that is what, what we refer to as the Last Supper or the Passover meal. Jesus is sitting with his disciples. Um, he's just instituted the Lord's Supper. Uh, and then we get to uh, verse 24. A dispute also arose among them, meaning the disciples, as to which of them was to be regarded as the greatest. And Jesus said to them, the kings of the Gentiles exercise lordship over them, and those in authority over them are called benefactors, but not so with you. Rather, let the greatest among you become as the youngest, and the leader as one who serves. For who is the greater? One who reclines at the table or the one who serves? Is it not the one who reclines at the table? But I am among you as one who serves. Jesus 
And the disciples kind of have this, they start this argument, this disagreement as to which one of them is going to be the greatest. They still are seeing Jesus as this kind of political leader and, and that he's going to bring God's kingdom to earth and God's kingdom is going to come like the kingdoms they know about. Like the Roman Empire is the kingdom that they know. So they're still thinking that Jesus is going to show up on the scene with all the angels and take over and make this big political coup and that he's going to set up God's kingdom on earth right then. So they start arguing and going, you know what? When Jesus comes back, I'm his boy. I'm going to be the greatest. Nah, man, you're crazy, dude. You're crazy. He doesn't even like you that much. Well, he doesn't even know your name. Bartholomew, they don't even know you. Like, I'm going to be the greatest. Like, it's going to be me. And they start discussing, going, I'm Jesus' best friend. John's like, I'm the one that they, they says that he loves. And Peter's like, yeah, but uh, he called me. And uh, So all these different things are going on. And Jesus finally settles a dispute. And he starts talking to them about leading by serving. And he says, if you want to be the greatest, you got to be the least. If you want to be the best, you got to be a servant of all. When, when you and I think about leaders, okay, I want you to, uh, right now, okay, I, I, don't, I want you to picture a leader in your mind, okay? It can be, can be somebody at work, can be a celebrity, can be the, the president, can be a, a anybody. Okay, I want you to picture somebody in your mind that you would consider a leader, Okay, everybody got somebody? We're all on the same page? Cool. Um, what are some of the characteristics of that leader? Okay, I asked my missional community Thursday night this, and we started throwing out some things. It's like, hey, if you're looking for somebody to be a leader, what are some of the characteristics that you're looking for? And, and they threw out things like, man, we want somebody who, um, who, who's powerful. We want somebody who's confident. We want somebody who's wealthy. We want somebody who's well-respected. We want somebody who's trustworthy. We want somebody who's got like a, a good, like somebody that's intelligent. We want all of these things that we started rant, like thinking about going, those are the characteristics of a leader. Somebody who's in charge should be all of these things. But you notice when Jesus talks to the disciples about being a leader, he doesn't mention any of those characteristics. Like he doesn't tell them, okay, guys, you want to be the greatest? You've got to be the most powerful. You've got to be the smartest. You've got to be the wealthiest. You've got to be the most confident. What does he say? Jesus describes it three ways. He says you've got to be humble. You've got to be a servant. You've got to value other people. You've got to be humble. You've got to be a servant. You got to value other people. And in doing those things, embodying those qualities, Jesus says you'll, you'll learn to lead the way that I've designed you to lead, the way that I lead. Jesus says, who's greater, the one that sits at the table, the one who serves? In our eyes, it's the one who sits at the table. But Jesus says, I'm the one who's sitting here serving. The God of the universe, if there's anyone in all of history who deserves to be served by every human hand, he's sitting at the table, and just a few minutes ago, he had gotten on his knees and he'd washed the feet of these fishermen. Jesus says, you want to be great? You've got to be servant of all. You've got to be humble. You've got to serve. You've got to value others. So this morning, is when I talk about leader, okay, when I say unified, generous leader, I don't want us to get sidetracked and think about leader in a way that Jesus doesn't mean it. So when I say leader, I want you to think about a humble servant who values others. When you think about leader this morning, humble servant who values others. So let's look at three marks of a leader. Let's look at the three biblical marks of a humble servant who values others. And then at the end, I'm going to wrap this all up and show you where we're going. Some of you guys are like, I don't have any idea where he's going. It's all right. We'll get there. I promise. Trust me. 
Three marks of a leader. Number one, leaders heed the call to lead. Kind of rhymed there. Work that in there just for you. It's fun. Leaders heed the call to lead. Okay? Um, a humble servant who values others, they, they listen to Jesus' call here where he says, I want you to lead in this way by serving others. You and I, every single person in this room, we've been called to lead in some area of our life. You have been. Some of you guys are like, I'm not a leader. I'm not confident. I don't speak well. I don't think good. Maybe it should be speak good, think well. Like we, we, we doubt, we go, I'm, I'm not a leader, man. That's not, God has designed us to lead. He's designed us to be humble servants who value other people. Let me show you where I get this in the scripture so you don't think I'm making this up. In 1 Peter chapter 2, verses 9 and 10, it'll be on the screen. Peter writes, but you, talking about believers in Jesus, but you, you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for his own possession, that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who called you out of darkness and into marvelous light. Once you were not a people, but now you are God's people. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. You hear what Peter says? He says, a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for his own possession, that you might proclaim the excellencies of him who called you out of darkness and into his marvelous light. Every single believer, man, woman, child, has been called by God to be a part of this, leading in some area of your life. And what are we leading people towards? We're leading them towards Jesus. Because if you're a leader, you're leading people somewhere, and the best place you can lead anybody is to Jesus. So he calls us, he says, we got to be leaders. Jesus calls us. It doesn't matter if you're, if you're not good with words. It doesn't matter if you struggle with this kind of self-confidence. Jesus has called you to be a humble servant who values other people. As pastors in the church, it is our job to equip you to be leaders. A lot of times people get this backwards and they start thinking pastors are called to be the leaders and pastors are called to do the work. And we just kind of sit back and watch and applaud when they do things right and vote them out when they do things wrong. No. Ephesians 4.12 says that my role as your pastor, Charlie's role as your pastor, Joel's role as your pastor is to equip the saints for the work of the ministry says that our job is to lead you to be leaders in the context that you're in every day. It's not my job to come to your workplace. It's not my job to come to your home. It's not my job to be a husband to your wife, to be a father to your son. It's my job to point you to Jesus so that you can lead in those contexts. We get this backwards sometimes. We mess this up and we start thinking, I'm just going to sit back. David's better at this than I am. Charlie's better at this than I am. Joel's better at this than I am. Let me just sit back and watch these guys lead. We've done our job terribly if that's the way that you think. It's our job to equip you to do the work of the ministry because you, just like I, through Jesus Christ, have been called a royal priesthood. And it's your job to proclaim the excellencies of the one who's called us out of darkness into marvelous light just as much as it is mine. And where you do that is going to be completely different than where I do that. You and I have been called to lead. And leaders heed the call to 
lead. So the objection that, you know, I'm just here really just to kind of be served. I just came to this church this morning. I, I just need to be served. I just need to be fed. I'm not, I'm not getting fed enough at this church, so let me go to another church to be fed. You know what? You're not getting fed because you're not being led and you're not leading others. It's not my job and Charlie's job and Joel's job to spoon feed you until you're full and fat and not good for anything spiritually. It's our job to equip you to walk out the work of the ministry. Leaders heed the call to lead. Secondly, leaders understand that leading is more about others than it is about them. Leaders understand that leading is more about others than it is about them. Um, I really struggled with this in college. And, and really into the beginning of my ministry. I, I spent so much time wondering, going, what is God's will for my life? What does God want me to do? Where does God want me to go? God, I just want to be your servant and do what you want me to do. And in just waiting and sitting and going, God, tell me what to do. I wasn't doing anything. And there were opportunities in my life where God wanted to use me that were passing me by because I was so centered and focused on, God, where do you want me to serve that I was missing out on other people that needed me to serve them? Leaders understand that leading is more about others than it is about them. So, so maybe, maybe we start thinking this way. Maybe instead of thinking, where does God want me to serve? Why don't you start thinking, who does God want me to serve? Because in that moment, what starts to happen is your options start to blow up. You start going, oh, maybe God wants me to serve my wife. Maybe God wants me to serve my kids. Maybe God wants me to serve my coworkers. Maybe I'm a teacher and God wants me to serve my students. Maybe I'm supposed to serve my neighbors. And all of a sudden you start clicking through your mind all the relationships and all the people that you pass by every day that need to hear the gospel, that need to be served and loved by a humble servant who values others. But we're so concerned going, God, what about me? What do you want with me? That we miss God saying, I just want you to serve others. Leaders understand that leading is more about others than it is about them. It's more about others than it is about them. So, um, kids at Cane Bay, okay, we're going to talk about this in just a few minutes, but this, this is a great example, okay? Serving in kids, a lot of people will go, I'm just not gifted to serve in kids. Just not my call to serve in kids. I don't have kids, so it's not really my call to serve in kids. But you know what? Your serving in kids gives their parents an opportunity to sit in this room so that they can hear the gospel proclaimed. So maybe it should be less about, I don't feel comfortable serving in kids, and more about, how can I serve in kids so that somebody might have the opportunity to meet Jesus this morning? Because when we start thinking that way, we're close. Now, if you hate kids, don't serve in kids. <laughs> Can't stand children. Like then, then probably don't. But if it's just an issue like, you know, I don't know, kids are snotty and it's not my kids and that kid punched me below the belt once. And like, I, man, I, you know, well, maybe the best thing that you can do is maybe you can go, you know what, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to serve in pirate ship this morning so that the parent of a first grader can hear the gospel proclaimed and can sit in an area of corporate worship. That, that's thinking more about others than it is thinking about ourselves. And that's getting close. Third thing, leaders accept the task and work hard to complete it. Leaders accept the task and they work hard to complete it. 
Um, leaders understand that certain things need to be done. And, and there's just no way around it. The things need to be done. Instead of looking to kind of pawn that off and thinking, you know what? Somebody else is going to do that. If I just leave it alone long enough, somebody else will do it. Um, I used to do this as a kid. Like one of my chores was like to, to take out the trash or like do the dishes. And I would just lay there thinking, you know what? If I just wait long enough, mom will do that. And then eventually my mom quit doing it. And she got really mad at me for not doing it. It just made it worse on me, right? If I had just at the very beginning been like, okay, I'm going to accept the test. This, this needs to be done. It would have gone much smoother for me in that moment. A lot of the times we just sit and we think, man, you know what? Somebody else is going to do that. Somebody else is going to serve in kids. Somebody else is going to serve in setups. Somebody else is going to, somebody else is going to do these things. Husbands. Husbands, listen to me. Nobody else has been called to uniquely serve and love your wife like you have. And you need to take that seriously. Because listen to me. If you don't do it, I can guarantee you somebody else will. Somebody else will. And that's not a phrase to kind of turn some jealousy in your heart so you start checking your wife's phone. But it is a phrase for you to understand that God has called you first and foremost to be a leader to your wife. And it is far past time that we stop thinking somebody else is going to be your wife's husband. And somebody else is going to be your children's father. Leaders accept the task and they work hard to accomplish it. They work hard to accomplish it. So for me, um, Allison and I have been married two years. Okay. And, and, um, we're getting ready to have a child and you guys are like, man, you don't even know. People just tell me all the time. They're like, wait till you have a kid. Marriage just changes. But, but you know what? Here, I'll, I'll tell you one of my dreams. One day I, I hope to be 75 years old. And I hope to sit on the porch with my wife and watch our grandkids play in the yard. And sit with her and think back over 50 years of marriage and know that for those 50 years, I've loved her and served her well. Not perfectly by any means. I've already screwed that up in two years. (laughs) But well, man. Her alone. So when things get tough, when times are hard, I think about that day. And I go, man, even though right now it's hard, I want to get to that day. I'm looking forward to that day. So I'm going to live today for that day. And I'm going to accept the task. So we can get there together by God's grace. That's accepting the task and working hard to complete it. When we do those things, that requires me to be humble That requires me to be a servant. And that requires me to value my wife more than I even value myself. And when I do those things, that's the kind of leadership that Jesus is talking about. That's the kind of leadership that he's talking about. So where do we serve? One, we serve at the home. Where are we leaders? 
We serve in our home. We just talked about this. Husbands, it's your job to serve your wife. Wife, it's your job to serve your husband. If if you're going to expect these big things of him, then you need to be right there alongside of him, serving and being his helpmate so that he can love and serve you well. So we serve as leaders in the home. Second, we serve as leaders in the workplace. You ever try to serve somebody at work? You ever try to do this thing at work and it just freaks them out? You ever try to be nice to somebody at work and they're like, what are you doing to me? Like, what do you want? Like, no, man, I just want to serve. I just value you. Like, it freaks people out, right? That's okay. Like, you, you serve. God has put you in your workplace as a perfect context for you to be a humble servant who values others. Stay-at-home moms. He's put you in your home to serve and love your children well. He's put you in these contexts so that you can be a leader. The third place he wants us to be a leader, he wants us to be a leader in the church. He wants us to be a leader in the church. So let me, let me walk you through this as I kind of wrap up this morning. Let me kind of walk you through what a leadership process looks like on Sunday morning at the church of Cane Bay, okay? Um, if you're a visitor this morning, afterward, like if you're a first-time guest, I don't want to say visitor, that's dumb. If you're a first-time guest this morning, okay, we are so glad that you're here. And if these things didn't happen, I want you to come find me after service and be like, none of those things happened to me. Um, because I, I want to walk through our process. But this is what our hope is on Sunday morning, that if you're a first-time guest, Guest, that the, this is the process that you would have, that you would pull into the parking lot and be greeted by someone in the parking lot who smiled, who greets you, who says good morning. And you would recognize that this guy's standing in the parking lot and it might even be raining and he offers you an umbrella and he walks you to the door and he's just kind of there to just kind of encourage you. Want that to be a humble servant, somebody who values others and stands in the parking lot. When you come to the front door, we want you to be met by people who are excited that you're here. That ask you your name. That ask you kind of just some general things that show you where you need to go. We want those people at the doors, the first people do you see, we want them to be humble servants who value others. Our kids check-in area. If you have kids, we want you to be able to drop your kids off in a welcoming environment. With excited workers who you trust with the life of your child. That, that you would be able to just hand that over, that you would be able to hand your child to that person and look at the environments and go, man, my kid is gonna have a blast in here. And that you would trust that it's full of humble servants who value others. That you would walk through our lobby area, that you would get coffee and breakfast, because we understand, especially if you've got kids, that you probably didn't get coffee and breakfast this morning. So we wanna provide those things for you. And you would look at that and you would walk through. And people would say good morning and you would just feel this kind of welcoming environment in that moment full of humble servants who value others. As you step in here, we want to create a great worship environment. We want to have encouraging music. We want to have music that points you to Jesus, not just that makes you feel good. We wanted to encourage you to fall in love more with Jesus. We want, you, we want to have sermons that are based out of God's word, that that deliver God's word to you as first importance. It doesn't matter what my opinion is up here. If I'm not trying my best to serve God's word to you, then I'm not being a humble servant who values others because the best thing that I can give you is not more of David's sons, but is more of Jesus. And Jesus has revealed himself to us through his word. 
As you leave this morning, we want you to engage with people. We want you to stop by the connections table. We want you to have a first-time gift for you as you walk out the door. We want people to say, hey, have a great week, or come to my MC, or man, we'd love to see you back next week. All of those things, we want this process to happen so that you would have an opportunity to hear the gospel. You'd come back next week and you would join a missional community. Now, what does this take on the behalf of those of us who are here? It takes us being humble servants who value others, plugging into those roles so that when people come into our church, all of those things begin to fall in place. It takes me going, you know what? I'm going to show up a few minutes early to be a greeter. Or I'm going to give up a Sunday to serving kids. Or I'm going to show up early at 7 o'clock to be on the setup team. Or I'm going to stay 30 minutes late to tear things down. Or I'm going to help by making coffee or situating cookies. Or I'm going to help by helping um, identifying first-time guests and just doing everything that I can to make them feel welcome. You, this morning, as a believer in Jesus Christ, have a role to play in this body. Don't be a spectator. Be a leader. Be a humble servant who values other people and do that by plugging into a place this morning and finding out where it is you can best serve others in our church. Plug in, find out where it is that you can best serve other peoples in our church. So, so here's what we're going to do to close this morning. If you've got your worship guide, grab it. Charlie made mention this earlier. There's a thousand things in there. Sorry about that. We'll try to cut down on that. Save some trees. Love the environment. There should be a little card in there that says uh, it's a volunteer connection card. Here, here's what I want you to do. I want you to grab that card. Even, even if you're already serving, if you're like, are you telling me I'm serving in this area, in this area, in this area, in this area? Thank you. I'm not telling you to serve anywhere else. Thanks for your service. You, you are a humble, generous leader who, who makes it possible for people to hear the gospel in this environment on Sunday mornings. But here's what I want you to do. Everybody in here, okay, if you're already serving, this can be real easy for you. If you're not serving, um, here's what I want you to just kind of think through, Okay. Um, the band's going to come back up and, and, and we're going to be done in just a second. But here's what I want you to do. I'm going to pray in just a minute, okay? And then I want you to take 60 seconds, two minutes, three minutes. Maybe you need a little bit longer. And, and I want you to pray about areas in your life where you need to be a humble servant who values others. And, and first and foremost, maybe it needs to be in your home. So maybe this week you haven't done a very good job of that. And maybe you need to ask your wife or ask your husband for forgiveness and you need to repent to them and say, I, I want to learn to walk in this in our home. Maybe it's at work this week. Maybe you blew up your boss or coworker and man, you, you just need to go back tomorrow morning and make that right. Or maybe for some of you, man, you, you've been coming to church at Cane Bay for weeks now, months. And you've just kind of been sitting there. This morning is your opportunity to plug in. To be a part of, of not just coming to church for you, but to come into church for others and going, you know what? I'm going to serve in this area so that somebody else might be welcomed into our church. That somebody else might hear the gospel. That they might come back next week. That they might join a missional community because we believe it's in those things. The grace of God and the power of Jesus Christ that lives are going to be transformed. That our community is going to be changed. So here's what I want you to do. I'm going to pray. And then I just want you to take just a few minutes. Pray over that. Maybe the Holy Spirit's convicted you of some things this morning. Maybe you need to deal with that. Band's going to play. Band's going to sing. In a few minutes, they're going to invite you to stand with them in worship. But for the first part of this, I want you to just think through, 
where can I plug in? Where can I serve? I want you to fill out that little card and we're going to have you drop it off on your way out this morning. If you want to plug in somewhere, man, we'll contact you this week. There's going to be people out in the lobby in just a few minutes that are part of some of these teams that are willing to talk with you, that want to work through how you can be a part of serving others through serving the church. The bottom line this morning is that Jesus has called us to be leaders who serve him through serving others. We want to do that, and we want to do that well. So I'm going to pray. You let the Holy Spirit deal with you. We'll worship. We'll talk more after service. Let's pray. Jesus, we love you. You are good and do good always, Father. And God, I pray that we would never stop being amazed by the fact that you desire to use jacked up sinners like us to advance your kingdom in this community. So, Father, I pray this morning that your word has convicted us of selfishness in our hearts, of areas in our lives, God, where we've fallen down on leading the way that you've called us to lead. I pray against insecurity. I pray against fear. I pray against any hesitation that would cause somebody to go, I don't know if I can do that. Father, we know that through Jesus Christ, through the grace, through the Holy Spirit that you've provided in us, God, you've equipped us to do the job that you've called us to do. I pray that we as leaders in the church, Father, that we would be faithful to calling people, to leading the way that Jesus called us to lead. Father, that we would be faithful to love and serve and be examples of humility, to be examples of the things that we're calling others to do in their context. Father, I pray for the father in this room that struggled this week to serve his kids. God, I pray that he would take that seriously this week. God, that you would give him grace to walk in this week. I pray for husbands that have struggled to serve their wives. God, I pray there would be a renewed passion in the hearts of men in this church to be men who desire to see the glory of God at our wives and children's love where I play for wives in this room. God, that you would give them a heart for their husband that they would love and serve in the way that you've called us to love and serve. Thank you for Jesus. We can't do any of these things under our own power, but it's only through the Holy Spirit who empowers us to do the things you've called us to do. And it's in his name we pray. Amen.